Thank you for joining us this week on Happified for my conversation with Sue Wilhite, who, like myself, is a bit of a multi-potentialite. And after some careers in her life, she came around to discovering the possibility of healing modalities that let the body recover and restore itself. And now she supports her clients in clearing blocks to their success through coaching and the practice of biofield tuning. So if you're not familiar with this modality of sound healing or even sound healing itself, I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. We're so glad to have you with us. Enjoy. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. What if you could maximize your meditation practice with a tool that maximizes your time and attention with images and affirmations carefully selected to boost your positivity, to help you integrate your intentions into your subconscious? I have a special gift available for you. Visit happifiedlife.com and click on the start off happy button to take a look at the phenomenal technology created by Positive Prime that uses neuroplasticity to literally wire your brain for more happiness, higher productivity, better relationships, and greater success. Head over to happifiedlife.com to start off happy with Positive Prime. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with us today for my conversation with Sue Wilhite. Sue had to endure a health issue in the form of an ulcer. She realized that these types of illnesses are common in the corporate world and especially in successful women because of their high pressure careers and responsibilities. She became aware that successful women feel stalled and frustrated with their careers because of emotional residues that are holding them back. Sue has made it her life mission to make sure that successful people get off their yeah, but and this wordsmith has a lot of great little areas for us to explore. I'm so excited to have you with us today, Sue. Thank you for joining me on the show. Well, thank you, Susie. I am so glad that we got together and we can have this wonderful chat. Yes, and hopefully we can constrain ourselves. This might be a multiple episode conversation once we really <laughs> get down into the potential and possibility. But I'd love to hear a little bit about how you came from these earlier iterations, your own health experience, and now this toolkit that you have available to help women and men, I imagine, if they ask nicely, when yeah. they start getting stuck along their path to success. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, you know, this this is called Happy Five, right? So I want to let you know that I wasn't always happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to say, um, 
one of my nicknames is Miss Positivity. Positivity, and uh, and I try to look at the bright side of everything. And I've had some long dark nights of the soul, and one of them came when I was uh, very very successful in my career. I became uh, I got into the IT world. And weirdly, for a woman who had a degree in comparative literature, uh, I ended up falling in love with coding and programming and got really good at it. And in six years, I was IT manager. I, I went up the ranks. I was, you know, operator stuffing stuff and printouts into cubby holes <laughs> and programmer and systems analyst and database designer and system designer and IT manager. And as IT manager, as well as all of the rest, I mean, one of the reasons I was promoted, let's be real, it was not necessarily because of my coding abilities, although that was a very big deal. But it was also because my focus was always on making people's lives better mm -hmm. through the programs and databases and systems that I was creating. That was my whole reason. If I could let somebody go home early because they didn't need to take two reports and try to manually put them together or summarize them. Oh God, the idea of going through pages and pages and 10 keying. Oh, oh it makes my head hurt. <laughs> it's horrifying <laughs> to me. And so if I could have somebody run a report that goes, Summary, poof, they get a figure, they can go home. That was joy. That was absolute joy. And with the joy came a lot of pressure to do that and do it well and do it right and deal with the inevitable company politics of which I've got to say, I managed to avoid some of the more toxic things. And there was still company politics that I got to deal with. And so I ended up with an ulcer. And I, the description I've, I came up with is that I have a volcano going off in my belly 24 seven. And it was, it was one of the worst experiences. And I finally broke down, went to a doctor, had horrible tests and they put me on drugs, which I never wanted to do. I, 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 I'm not anti-pharmaceutical, but the idea of being on a drug for the rest of my life was new. <laughs> and there I was. If I tried to, you know, I had to take the pill every 12 hours. And if I took it at 12.05, the volcano was erupting. And so I didn't see any way out of this until a friend of mine invited me to a hypnotherapy demo. And Frankly, I thought she was a little crazy. She'd been talking about this hypnotherapy stuff and she'd been going to these classes and she'd been talking about how these, these wonderful things were going on and these discoveries and self-awareness that she was doing. And I'm like, <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> Does not compute. Yeah, it's all a bunch of hope. Well, I had grown up in, there was a program on PBS uh, that came on every so often. And it was a woman named Pat Collins, the hip hypnotist who had eyes like Tammy Faye and 
this beehive hairdo and this blue and gold and purple caftan. And she did hypnosis shows on stage where people clucked like chickens and ate their shoes and, you know, all kinds of it. This is what I had in my head. I'm not going to go click like a chicken. I'm sorry. I'm not going to this demo. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. This is not what that's about. This is about healing. And I went, okay, I have an ulcer. Healing is okay. So I went and uh, volunteered to be the um, demonstration person, <laughs> victim. <laughs> <laughs> And in about an hour and a half, he had demonstrated five or so different techniques. And by the end of the evening, I had no more ulcer. Gone. Wow. Not up. Never again did I take one of those pills. Real and eye opener. A bigger burden? A real eye opener. A real eye opener, what they call a convincer. <laughs> and I went, okay, I want to do this. This is, this is real. This works. This, I, I, I'm going to do this. So I went back to work <laughs> and said, um, I'm giving you 18 months no, uh, notice. I'm going to take training for a year and establish my practice for six months. And then I'm gone. And that's what I did. And I took every class in hypnotherapy there was a local school that I took classes from. Uh, I took everything that they had. They were associated with what was called the National Guild of Hypnotists. I went back east to their conference. I signed up with other instructors to take other classes. I did everything. And I quit my job and continued my focus of making people's lives better. And over the years, my whole journey and quest has been what technique can I use that would help people get through whatever it is that's getting in their way so that they can have a better life, a more enjoyable life, a fuller life, an epic life, so that they can be more of who they really are. And that's my, that's my whole focus. That, that, that is why I do anything. And if it doesn't work, I mean, I, I call myself a utilitarian. If it doesn't work, I'm not, I'm not going for it. And just saying, over the course of many years, I have encountered just about every technique there is on the planet. There's probably a few that I haven't come across, but you know, the various shamanic techniques from various countries around the world, uh, the various uh, uh, hands-on healing techniques from various cultures from around the world, uh, the variations on those techniques <laughs> people have added on, um, EFT, NLP, uh, and, and everything in between, the whole alphabet soup. I've, I've probably trained with it or I have experienced it, you know, some practitioner working with me and, and going, oh, okay. And if it was good, I wanted it. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, give me that, that, that works. And so now what I do is a technique called biofield tuning. 
And biofield tuning is a sound healing technique that uses tuning forks to clear up <clears throat> what I call emotional residue mm -hmm. that lives in your system. Now this is gonna get into a whole technical thing. So <laughs> Susie, did you have any questions about anything <laughs> that I just said? Because <laughs> that was a whole brain dump. <laughs> well, I, I just love hearing the process of discovery and you know in what i try to share i try to while i introduce concepts that could be considered woo woo come from a grounded approach and so what i really love about your experience is you gauged everything yourself first and said if it doesn't work for me i'm not going to spend time on it certainly wouldn't recommend it to other people so i think that it's even more powerful when um, from these more scientific or logical points of view, we start to see so much power and possibility in these. And so I love um, the growing, as you said, there's always like nuances and new variations on modalities. And I'm familiar with quite a few in sound healing, but the potential there is so exciting, especially, you know, given our energetic properties, which yeah. again, science is finally catching up to a point where it can validate so much of these woo theories that we've been contemplating for a long time. So I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm all in and I'm sure our audience is intrigued at what this biofield tuning is about. Yeah. Yeah. So physics and medicine finally got together and had lunch and <laughs> what they discovered is and, and especially when they got away from partly away from the mechanistic individual system paradigm that had been running medicine for a really long time i blame Rene descartes um bless his heart wrote a great essay ruined medicine for, <laughs> for hundreds of years in the western world and it's only when we encountered uh you know uh, chinese medicine and ayurvedic systems that work just fine, thank you very much, that took a systematic, uh, mm -hmm. a systemic approach that the whole system is involved, not just the kidneys, not just the heart. Those two work in synergy together and you can't have one affected without the other. And so now that medicine is beginning to get this, oh, it's a whole thing yes. <laughs> attitude. <laughs> um, one of the things that they discovered is that the brain, the heart, and the gut, surprisingly, put out a weak electrical field, electromagnetic field around the body. And if you don't believe me, look it up on Google. It's been proven a gazillion times now. Um, you can, we have EEGs to hook up to our brain, which detects the, the electro, the electronic, or sorry, the electric impulses that are going on in our brains and our thoughts. The heart has its own electric impulses. That's an EKG. <laughs> we haven't figured out what the gut one is. <laughs> they don't have a, one of those little things they attach to your gut and get it, but they do know that it puts out an electrical field. Together, all of those put out an electromagnetic field that surrounds your body, 360 degrees, top, bottom, and in fact, it looks a little bit like an apple. It's got a little bit of a divot at the top 
at a little bit of a divot at the bottom, but it surrounds you. And as it turns out, this is, makes my programming mind very happy. This is a data repository. This is where your experiences live, not in the body that can be injured or broken or cut or amputated or something like that. You know, the brain contain, contains most of the index to this massive data collection field that we have out here. And what it's collecting, surprise, are thoughts, beliefs, and emotions. Mm -hmm. Strongly held thoughts, beliefs, and emotions live in this field. And they get written into the body. So your brain and your heart and your gut are putting stuff out and it is going, okay, put it back into the cells. The cells are being influenced by this. This is why people like Louise Hay and other folks who, uh, who talk about the affirmations that can affect your body, you have emotions living in your body that come from this outer field. This is really cool. This is really, really cool. And it's the reason why it takes so long for affirmations to work. Uh -huh. So for all of the, I've tried affirmations and they just don't ring true for me, we can start getting to the root of it. Yes, because you have to train your brain to put out a different frequency, strongly held frequency to change the one that's already stored. And that takes an enormous amount of work because the brain is highly efficient yes. and it creates things called engrams, which you can think of as like fiber optic bum bundles. And whenever you have a thought, that thought is related to a bunch of other thoughts that reinforce that original thought. Mm -hmm. So when you think of something, let's say, um, okay, we've got, we've got this big game coming up. I say football, you have an entire cascade of associated thoughts that are all yours that's associated with football. Maybe you've been to a game, maybe you've been to a bunch of games, maybe you've never been to a game, maybe you hate football, maybe you used to play football and you've got the sensation of having the ball in your hand, of being tackled, maybe you've got the smell of a stadium in your in your head or the experience of watching on the couch and having your friends with you. When I say football, all of those go together. Boom, there's football. So if you want to change your feelings around football, you got some heavy lifting to do. <laughs> and that's just football. We're not talking about trauma which ends up being a very strongly held thought and belief because it completely wrecks an engram that you had that you were safe, mm -hmm. right? You just broke that engram completely if you have any kind of trauma in your life. And the more that that engram gets broken, the harder it is to put back together. So if you're trying to deal with trauma, 
and you're doing an affirmation that says, I am safe, I feel loved, I feel comforted. <laughs> you alert, got a lot alert, of things. Alert. Yeah, not true, yeah. not true, not for me. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mm. And so it takes work to do that on your own. But wait, there's more. What biofield tuning does is changes it at the root. It releases the energy of those thoughts and beliefs and emotions that are stuck out here in the field. So they don't rewrite in your brain, your heart, your gut, the rest of your cells in the system. And it uses sound vibration to break up these things that are, that are tightly wound together as signals, breaks them up and allows that energy to go out and be more usefully <laughs> utilized somewhere else in the system. Because we have a lot of other uses for that energy. We don't right. need those right. blocks in that field. Yes, yes. I've had people go, oh my God, I think I just lost 15 pounds because they just felt so much more energized. I've had people go, oh, did you change the lighting in the room when the light actually went down because I was working on them in the late afternoon? <laughs> the sun had actually gone down. And they went, wow, it's so much brighter in here. <laughs> um, I've had people have spontaneous healings. I can't promise that. I'm not, I'm not up for that, but people have had things in their body spontaneously heal. I had one client who just wanted to deal with some, some emotional residue that she had and all of a sudden found herself eating more healthily without even trying. It wasn't something she was after. She just wanted to deal with something that was going on in her life. And she said, I suddenly noticed that I'd had this bag of potato chips in my cupboard for over two weeks. And that never happens in my house. Again, that interconnection. We don't recognize where those impulses, those urges and cravings come from, but they're looking, they're seeking a solution. Yes. And when there's a resolution, you don't need those bridges or gaps anymore. Exactly. Ooh. And it works for, you know, what, one of my, my foci is, is women who have stalled out in their careers. And it's because there's something that's going on that they can't make themselves do whatever it is the next step is. They have a thought, and this happens to everybody, but this is, this is really, really telling. When they have a thought about something that would move them forward and then they forget about it. Right? <laughs> and then they have that thought, oh, I should really do this. And then they don't, they forget about it. Oh, I should really do this. They write a note to themselves, they get distracted. When it happens over and over and over again, yeah, that's there's something else going on. Oh, I have no experience with that sort of thing happening at all. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sure no one can relate to that. Going no. back through a list or a notebook and saying, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. And I wrote that down three months ago. 
Uh Selective memory. Yes. Well, it's, it's really fun because here's, here's the other way that I describe it. This is another universal, absolutely universal experience. Have you ever been on your way out to go somewhere and you know you left your keys on the counter or you know you left your keys in a particular place and you can't find them and you go tearing up the entire house or the office or you dump out your purse, you dump out your pockets, you dump out everything. You cannot find it. You're looking under under the pillow. You're looking. <laughs> you're looking everywhere. You can't find it. You go look. Go out to the car. Look in the windows. Is it? I leave the keys in there. You can't find it. You come in and it's sitting on the counter. Right. Yep. That is what is called a negative hallucination. Mm. Isn't that fun? I love this concept. <laughs> Your brain literally deleted the light reflecting into your eye and refused to process it. Your eye saw those keys on the counter and your brain said, nope. We're just filling that in with counter and we're not gonna see the keys. Mm, A lot of people right now are saying, oh. Oh. That happens. Yes, it's not necessarily fairies or gremlins or elves or all the explanations that I've heard. The way that you deal with it is you stand there, you close your eyes, you take a deep breath and you think of something else. You don't want the keys anymore. You think about something else. I don't care what it is, preferably positive. Um, I like thinking about brilliant sunrises or you know, roses or babies or something like that. Um, baby goats are always <laughs> a favorite. <laughs> um, and then you open your eyes and you'll more than likely, 99% of the time, you'll be able to see the keys that are right in front of you. Well, that's a because takeaway. you just, I beg your pardon? I said, that's a powerful takeaway already. <laughs> yeah, right? Because you just reset your brain from whatever it was doing to make you delete those keys. Mm -hmm. You were in a mindset of something that your brain interpreted as, I need to not find those keys because otherwise Susie is in danger. So I'm gonna delete them so you're not gonna go off and do those, whatever it is. So you have to think of something else, preferably positive, so that your brain can go, oh, okay, no danger anymore. Oh, there, look, those are the keys. Voila. Voila. Amazing. And so I'd love to know a little bit through the people that you've been working with and helping, what are some of the top challenges that you find them coming with? Obviously getting stuck on the way to success is one of them, but I, I feel like there's a lot of ways in which these can materialize. <laughs> so, A lot of times what I see is something called two syndrome. Uh And two syndrome is, it's, it's an interesting concept and we don't realize that we're doing it and we do it all the time. And particularly women do it. Um, Many men do. Um, 
men have a different version of it, but women have, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too blonde, I'm not blonde enough, <laughs> or I'm too brunette, or I'm too redheaded, or my skin's too light, my skin's too dark, too, right? And what is awful is that there are people in their lives that have probably told them that they're too something, right? I've always been too talkative. I've always been too enthusiastic. I've been too much for people. And once I realized about two syndrome, I went, oh, okay, they can't cope for me. They're not, they're not my peeps. They, they, they can have that judgment that's theirs until they are willing to have me in all my glory. <laughs> they're not my peeps. It's okay. It's fine. There's 7.5 billion people on the planet. Half of them are probably not people that I can or will ever deal with. Um, it's just the way of being, but hey, I've got three and a quarter billion people to play with. <laughs> so some of them have got to want to play, right? And that's how I look at it. It's, yes, it's serious. Trauma is serious. I have had my share of trauma. I, I can go through the whole litany of traumas. Um, they're, they're nasty. And by the way, nobody's trauma is better or worse than anybody else's. Everybody's trauma is their trauma and it's trauma. It sucks, it hurt, it was bad. And I choose to play with trauma rather than attack trauma. I want to invite trauma to come out and play, which lightens it just enough that we can possibly do something to let it go. One of my clients uh, last year in the pandemic, she came to the realization that she'd been carrying around a burden for a really long time and the pandemic kind of sharpened her focus on, you know what, I've carried this for 40 years. I don't need to carry this anymore. I need to go out and really have a life and not be freaked out by this burden of having been a sex slave for 10 years. That's a big, point of clarity right? resolution. That's the word I'm yes. looking for, a resolution yes. to come to. Yes. And her life changed over the course of six biofield tuning sessions. I didn't do any counseling. I didn't do any coaching necessarily. We had some dialogue in there where mostly what I was doing was supporting her in having the feelings that were coming up and the memories that were coming up. And then we'd clear them and the emotional residue would be drastically reduced to 
oh my God, that really sucked. I don't ever wanna do that again. Rather than I'm agoraphobic and I can never go outside because I don't know what somebody is going to do to me. Powerful stuff. Yes. Powerful stuff. On the lighter side, there was a client who came to me because he was frustrated in his job. This was a guy. He was frustrated in his job. He was an admin in a, um, in a clinic. And he was like, I, I can do so much better than this. <laughs> I'm bright. I'm experienced. I have tons of education. I could do better than being an admin in a clinic. And we did three biofield tuning sessions with him and he tripled his income. He went from 65K to nearly 200K. So. <laughs> Suddenly, I mean, it's just extraordinary how that kind of shift. So for people who aren't familiar with biofield tuning, what does that process look like? Uh, it is a process, it's, it's a whole protocol and what I do is I use the tuning forks after there's a process of discovery of what wants to be worked on. Um, and that varies for, from person to person. But there's a process of discovery, what wants to be worked on, what's ready to release right now. And then I use um, a tuning fork that looks kind of like this. There we go, try to get the whole thing in the picture. <laughs> There we go. Um, this is a weighted fork. Yeah, get it in front of my face. There we go. This is a weighted fork, and you can't really hear it. Even if I put it up, maybe you can hear a little bit. Yes, this is 144 hertz. And what I do is I put it in the field. I put it in your, your biofield, essentially. I literally stick a fork in it. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever I encounter a, a, a point that gets stuck, that means there's some resistance in the field. And I just sit there with the fork until that resistance clears. Mm. And sometimes in that resistance, stuff comes up for the person because it's echoing in their body, right? It's echoing in their brain. And sometimes stuff comes up. Not always. A lot of times it's completely invisible, inaudible, insensate <laughs> to the person. There's just, okay, there's this, there's this thing. Um, and then the, it will clear. And then I'll just continue to move the fork in. And we start with the outer field and the outer portion of the field, we call it the birth conception membrane. And this is the stuff that was going on around conception through birth. And there's some fascinating, I'm not gonna go into it, but there's some fascinating things that show up there. And a lot of times I spend a lot of time right in there. <laughs> In that point of our experience where we don't really give any credit for what our cells, our spirit yes. is processing. Yes, yes. And there's a little bit of ancestral stuff that goes on. I, I sometimes pick up grandmother, grandfather, as well as parents, 
as well as the client. So I just, I just keep moving the fork through the field until it seems clear for, for now and integrate that energy back into their system and they go. Sessions take roughly an hour to an hour and a half. I always budget an hour and a half because I never know. You know, sometimes it's like, we're done. <laughs> um, but usually, especially the first time, it's, you know, we're going through, going through, going through, going through. And it just takes time. It's a fun thing. It, it really is. Um, it's, it's so rewarding to clear stuff that people didn't even know they had. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the key part for me. If you are not living an epic life, if you are not living the most that you can be, if you know that you are more than what you're doing right now, if getting back to normal, <laughs> is <laughs> all get stuck right there. Normal is all we can aim for. <laughs> Did we want that anyway? Right. Then, then there's something that could probably be released with biofield tuning. Hmm. And I know from our earlier conversation, and this might surprise people, so I'm, I'm going to ask a question that I know the answer to. So is this something that you can only do person to person in office no. sessions? No. Hey, physics. Um, it, I, I believed, um, and, and my teacher, the person who created this, Eileen McCusick, uh, believed that it must be done in person. And um, uh, for many years, she was developing this technique for 20 years and people would ask her, can you do this remotely? And she said, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not, absolutely not. And then somewhere in the beginning of 2019, somebody said, okay, Eileen, you're the scientist. <laughs> you have made the statement, but have you actually proven it to yourself, let alone the rest of us? And she went, oh, you're right, okay. We need to do something so that I can state absolutely that this cannot be done remotely. And they did the experiment and it absolutely can be done <laughs> remotely. They did it several times. They did it with somebody who was almost across the street, barely across town. They did it from somebody where one of them was in Vermont where Eileen lives and in England and somebody in Vermont and in Australia, somebody in Australia to England Distance, time, and space don't matter. I so. do love when true scientists go out to ask questions, right? To disprove themselves. Yes. I, I think that that's really something that we're losing in these times that we are in, where people think an answer is an answer is an answer. I've got it solved. There's other things to do. And science is all about disproving. Are we yeah. sure that's true? And I know from talking with other friends, um, energy workers and healers over these last two years when so many of us have had to move to remote work, that not only can you do energy work remotely because we are all connected, but that their modalities have gotten stronger and their perception has gotten more clear, which I think is extraordinary. Yes. 
And some of it is just practice, right? Being open to that opportunity, right? That potential for growth. <laughs> Marvelous. So you've been working remotely with clients and, and it's not even a um, necessarily a set number of sessions. It really is relevant to where they are with what is coming up, what, what obstructions they have that they're working yes. with. Yes, I, I recommend starting with three because the first one is like peeling the outer crust off. You know, we, we, get, we get the outer crust off and then we can really get to work. It's some, some really good stuff. So I recommend three sessions minimum. Um, and I've had clients who've had the three and then they sign up for the six pack because, and, and truthfully, Eileen says, you know, technically we should be doing this every week um, because if, if you've lived any amount of time, um, you know, if you lived past teenagerhood, you probably got some stuff in there to clear out and there's all the ancestral stuff right. to clear. So yeah, it, it, start with three because it, it, it really is logarithmic. Mm, that's extraordinary. So hopefully people are have the wheels turning and they're exploring the potential of something that they've perhaps never even heard of. Sound healing in and of itself, but this particular field of biofield tuning, yes. which I think is so exciting. And I, I know some practitioners here in the San Diego area, but that's why I was so excited to connect with you because as a speaker and coach, I, I feel you're much more um, active in bringing this awareness to people. And I think that yeah. once we understand what is possible, what we can be looking for or seeking, then doors start to open. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and so thank you, Susie, for giving me a platform. <laughs> My pleasure. My pleasure. My whole goal with this program, while I think that sometimes we get overwhelmed with possibilities, and confused and then we decide never mind i'm going to stay where i am i prefer to look at, at it as an opportunity for people to find what resonates with them forgive the pun and if it speaks to them they can explore further so i love being able to have these conversations and dig a little deeper in what's what's possible like i said that people might not even know is an option right. um, but i'd love to know in your work um, and explore a little bit too because um there's so much now in in the work that I do and helping people recognize the power of perspective. And sometimes these subconscious patterns, this negativity and programming that we carry in our approach and perspective working through life, is there something that someone could perhaps without sessions, probably better with sessions with you, um, but ways in which you help people learn how they can start shifting their negative thoughts to become consistently or more easily positive. Yes, thank you for asking. Um, put down the fork so I can talk with my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the fork. It's, it's invited to any meeting. <laughs> so, I developed a three-step technique for people who were having problems ridding themselves of an unwanted thought. 
Mm, I think everyone Originally, can relate to I that too. Originally, I developed it for people who were obsessing about old relationships. Mm. You know, when you have a breakup, that's a trauma. There's obsessive thoughts that end up happening. They just do. You think about that person over and over and over. And so originally I called it, help, I can't get this person off my mind. And now I just call it untriggered. <laughs> and and it's, it has to do with that process that I talked about earlier with the engrams that get bound in the brain. When you have that thought of that person or that process or that thing, they're all collected there. And so simply shifting from negative to positive doesn't work. It can't. You, you just don't have enough energy to unwind the engram. So what you need to do is another step in the middle. Step one, notice the negative thought. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part. I will because tell you, habits right, are hard to detect sometimes. Sometimes you don't notice until you're already reinforcing that engram in a really big way. Give yourself permission to just know that you're going to miss it the first few times. And just when you notice, go, oh, okay, I'm having this thought. So step one is notice. Step two requires a little prep and do it now. Find something neutral to think about. I like door hinge. Because door hinge, nobody has any particular, unless you're a carpenter, uh, <laughs> nobody has any particular associations with door hinge. Most people just don't. So door hinge is a really nice neutral thing with no emotional component whatsoever. And you focus on that thing with all five senses. Mm. So you think about what does a door hinge look like? What is its color? How big is it? Um, is it, you know, is it a little thing on the back of a jewelry box or is it a big honking, you know, safe deposit box, <laughs> safe deposit vault <laughs> hinge? Um, is it painted? Is it brass? Is it silver? Is it stainless steel? Does it have a pin thread? What, what, you know, all of these things. What does it smell like? What does it taste like? Does it creak? <laughs> All of those things. You think about that door hinge for a solid minute, bringing in all the senses. Then you move to something positive. Again, you need to prep. Sunset, baby laughter, baby goats, um, uh, sunrise, roses, puppies, whatever it is that it causes you a positive response. And you think about that for a full minute. And what you are doing is you are breaking up the engram. And the more you do this, I guarantee a hundred percent, you will stop obsessing within a week. Faster or slower, it depends on how quickly you get into the habit of noticing the thought. Right. Neuroplasticity is extraordinary. Isn't and um, when I think about, you know, had I studied science instead of theater in college the first time around, where would I be? Right. I would be relearning everything that science has discovered in the last 20 years. Because 25 years ago, we didn't believe that the brain could continue to 
grow and develop yeah. and even repair yeah. itself yes. to the point at which we now know that it can. We had a lid on what we thought was possible. And now this is a beautiful example of the way we can use that neuroplasticity to our advantage. And it's right. just that simple. It's recognizing the habit. It's choosing to make a difference. Ooh, and yeah. take that engram apart. So I have that as a gift for your listeners. Um, I've given you the link to go download that and have a great time with it. Oh, I love it. I love it. So yeah, we'll have that link in the show notes. You can connect with Sue that way. Get this amazing resource. The get rid of negative thoughts in three steps or simply untriggered. Untriggered. Wouldn't it be nice to live life a, life a little less triggered? I think we've all been on edge lately. <laughs> Big enthusiastic nods here in our virtual studio all around. <laughs> and start really charting, you know, the the energy to come back to that, the emotion, the the future that we want to be stepping into instead of always being on defense and yes. worry. You know, we can really start to root that out of our energetic field and stop writing it into our story. Yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been extraordinary. Is there anything else we didn't get a chance to cover? We've covered a lot of ground. It's a lot to take in. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I think we need to stop okay. there for today. If you want me to come back and expand <laughs> on anything, I'm certainly happy to do that. <laughs> Beautiful. And and through um, connecting with you and picking up this gift that will have the link, um, they can learn about other events and ways to work with you if you have those available coming up. Yeah. Marvelous. Wonderful. Sue, thank you so much for joining me today thank for you, exploring a whole new avenue of conversation here on the show. This has been a ton of fun. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Wishing you well. Hope you have a marvelous rest of your day. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> Take good care. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.